Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to the Joy Newsroom. The news is live on the Joy News channel, DSTV channel 421 and GoTV channel 125 and across all our social media platforms. Coming up, a Ghana Statistical Service report reveals 1.5 million young people aged between 15 and 24 were not employed in school or under any training. We'll speak to a security analyst on the security implications. Also, U.S. charity, the International Justice Mission, says it is committed to making changes to its processes after a documentary by the BBC showing how some Ghanaian children were wrongly taken in raids during child trafficking rescues. Also, Pope John SHS overshadows Krubble Girls, Kofridia Sektek, and Kwetia Presby to progress to the semi-finals of the National Science and Math Quiz. Let's settle for the details now. My name is Benjamin Akapo. Thank you for staying. In our first story, the annual household income and expenditure survey 2022 third quarter labor statistics report has revealed that one in four young people in Ghana aged between 15 and 24 were not in education, employment, or training in 2022, totaling 1.5 million individuals. Now, over 20% of young people in most regions in Ghana were not engaged. Furthermore, one in 10 young people had never attended school with higher rates for females. The unemployment rate for this age group was over 30% in 12 out of 16 regions, with females having a higher rate. Samuel Umbura joins with details of this report. Uh, Samuel, if you can hear me, what is the breakdown of this latest report? With the highest proportions of disengaged youth who were greater Accra, Ashanti, Eastern, and Central, the census also revealed that 1.4 million young people in that age group had never attended school with higher percentages among females compared to males. Right. Regions such as uh, Savannah, Northeast, Northern, Upper West, and OT had significant members of young people who had never attended school. The unemployment rate for young people aged 50 to 24 was 32.8%, with higher rates for females compared to males. Several regions had unemployment rates over 30 percent 
with the upper west region and western north being the highest. Well, Samuel Lumbura, uh, we're grateful for those details. Is there anything else you would like to add to cap off the conversation? Well, so uh, what, what the report seeks to highlight is the fact that uh, with the higher number of the youth not being employed, not being engaged or skilled, it has a potential of uh, creating security issues. We know there have been issues that have to do with uh, human security. And mm. if you have a youthful population not engaged in anything, um, definitely um, it can or it has a potential of um, increasing social vices or criminal activity. So uh, this is actually a call for a uh, cause to worry because of the situation uh, at hand now. Samuel Mbura, thank you very much for that report. And that leads us to our very next conversation, the security-related matters. Now, joining us via Zoom is security analyst Adib uh, Sani. Uh, Mr. Sani, thank you so much for joining us. If 1.5 million young people aged between 15 and 24 are not in education, employment, and training, what for you are the security implications? Hello, Mr. Sani, can you hear me? Sorry, sorry. Forgot to unmute. Okay, I hope you can hear me now. I, I can hear you loud and clear. Wonderful. So, I indicated that it comes with a plethora of um, security uh, challenges because the thing is, youth unemployment poses a major existential threat to the security of the state. Mm. Um, it is very much part of the human insecurities that is driving young people especially into criminality. And as we speak, according to the Global Terrorism Index report published this year against last year, the West African subcontinent has become the global epicenter of terrorism. Global. Mm. And last year, after Afghanistan, Burkina Faso is the most impacted country so far as terrorism is concerned in the world, not in Africa. But we know that there was a power transfer and the issues with the Taliban taking over, etc. As a result, it is expected that this year, when the report is published next year, Burkina Faso might take precedence as the most affected country by terrorism globally, and that might also include Mali, and that poses a bit of a threat to us. And one of the ways terrorists, based on my studies I've done, you know, I'm a terrorism and counterterrorism specialist, and we've done a lot of work in that area. One of the major issues has got to do with unemployment. Mm. Young people who are swayed by the terrorists, and they don't have to have active recruiters on the ground. Just on social media, they are able to get into the minds of young people who are jobless, whose future is uncertain, who feel marginalized, who feel cheated by the system. And that is a problem for us. And talk about internal security. Um, we've had to contend with robberies and other crimes um, in, in the past. Now, I'm glad the narcotics law has been changed um, so that at least instead of having people go to prison for 10 years uh, on, uh, on, on uh, marijuana charges, we can have them uh, pay fines. But, um, sorry, mm -hmm. okay, we can have them 
pay fines instead. But young people are particularly vulnerable uh, to incidents of criminality in the country. Uh, organized criminals love to tap into young people who are already without jobs and are frustrated. So I must say, what is happening is a major national security issue. And like I always say, anytime I have the opportunity, instead of us to rely hook, line, and sinker on militarization of, uh, you know, as a means to ensure security or the we're using the police, etc. We need to pay attention to the human insecurities. That is the major driver. Right. And one big component of it is youth unemployment. Mm. That's an interesting picture you paint, especially when you consider the latest reports, the UNDP, the Ghana Statistical Service, on multidimensional poverty. If you put it side by side with these, that it means that it's quite a recipe that we are sitting on, isn't it? Uh, final words on this? Well, um, in the past, we used to have um, a human security department under the National Security Secretariat, which was headed by General Nunu Mensah. But well, since he was removed, it became dormant. But uh, thankfully, recently, I met an officer who has become a good friend of mine. He's in charge of the human security and the national security uh, 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 outfit. And I'm hoping that they are given the necessary resources so we can pay attention issues of human security, especially in conflict hotspots, such as Alabama, Nkonya, such as Buku, and other parts of the country. So we don't have uh, some people with vested interests taking advantage of young people. We need to pay attention to the urban slums as well, mm. the Zungu, you know, and all that, where we have a lot of young people who sit under trees to talk about just everything. When it's the political season, your favorite place to go is the Zungus. You know, you don't answer their calls. When, when after winning uh, uh, your your bid, your election bid, whatever it is, whether it's parliamentary, but once you need the muscles to go cause trouble, you go to the zongos because they are available because they are jobless. This mm. must, and the only way out is for government to prioritize youth employment. Thank you so much, uh, Adib Sadi, for sharing your thoughts on this matter. He is a security analyst. Let's move on now to our next story. And the U.S. charity, the International Justice Mission, says it is committed to making changes to its processes after a documentary by the BBC showing how some Ghanaian children were wrongly taken in raids during child trafficking rescues. Country director Anita Budu says the organization will take on board refinements to its processes, but insists there were factual inaccuracies in the documentary. I am saying that there are inaccuracies in what is portrayed or it's not the full picture of the work that goes Why, what is What is inaccurate about using your own request and the report from the social welfare to, 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 to point to the glaring facts that they are not what traffic kids? What is inaccurate is that we cannot independently make a determination to move out and intervene. And that intervention comes through the police processes and through their hierarchy and through their management and through their management systems. That is what is inaccurate. Okay. We are always a learning organization and we learn case by case, operation by operation. And so I believe there was reference made uh, about the way operations were done in 2017 or prior to 2017. We've taken a lot of lessons from that and a lot of, a lot of dialogue. What we really pride ourselves on is building good relationship with our government partners. And so having dialogue as to what can work better and together moving forward in that. And so with this, 
Um, yes, of course, things did not go 100% um, to plan, or as we would put it, but that we, there are lessons to be learned and we'll move forward with that. We always look to learn. We always look to grow. Processes do, were followed. Do I- Intervention is made. There is a process of interviewing, sitting with the children, determining more details around their family situation, family histories, and then going on to do further assessments as to what steps need to be taken um, for their continued well-being. In as much as our core mandate is supporting the justice system, we also believe very, very strongly that the well-being of the child is paramount. And when it comes to the well-being of mm. the child, the support system and the system of care is also important. And so all that is part of our programming. Okay. And so to just take a little part of our programming and overemphasize it and claim you, um, that that is what is so, driving all so, our work. So you see, you see Anita, the journalist dealt with facts. Facts that you cannot dispute. So why are you still blaming the journalist? Well, I don't know where... I, I don't know that I can say I'm blaming the journalist. Now, a producer at the BBC Africa Eye Investigations, Kwache Afrenioma, says the findings of the documentary reveal a target-driven culture at the organization. On Operation Freedom, which was in October 2019, the woman at the center of, of, of this conversation here is a, a trader, Amladi, mother of two, breadwinner of her family, and how she was feeding her family was, you know, through her trade. And uh, she, she was, uh, at a, some time later, involved in an accident that left her partially paralyzed. As a result, she couldn't work. So, uh, one of her children was working with a fisherman, and uh, she tells BBC Africa I that in a week, at most, they were making, the, the child was making 30 Ghana cities. And that's how they were feeding. And indeed, she indicates that when the IGM supported team came and embarked on this Operation Freedom, she tried to explain, explain to them, but they wouldn't listen. IGM, as we've evidence in the documentary, provided unreliable and inconsistent information to, uh, in, in the case of the Moena uh, rescue mission, for example, uh, that led to children being removed from their families, people being prosecuted, and this is all based on the information that IGM provided. And this is how it works. Nah. Okay, yeah. quickly, quickly, give a minute. Say that in a minute. Yeah, this is how it works. So I, IGM identify specific cases of child trafficking. They have a, a team of investigators and, you know, they then engage their providers' information to their collaborating agencies and that's where their collaboration begins and then they, they, they embark on, on, on that rescue. So, so IGM itself that has a department that is supposed or actually does investigations prior to these rescue okay. <clears throat> right. And as you found, could this be, you know, let's say an error or mistake, and I'm not saying that because they have issued a statement uh, where they actually suggest that they are ready to learn, but they suggest that there are material inaccuracies. Um, how, what did you learn was the total number that they have rescued through this mission of trafficked children um, in all so far. 
so that we can we can we may be able to give them a certain benefit that if they have rescued say uh, a thousand children then it is not the case that this is what they do all right so uh, our investigation i'll be able to speak strictly to what is contained in this investigation our investigation for example in operation uh, the operation in in in, Pala in 2017 igm uh, this was sort of a mass group where over 100 children were picked up by, a, by, by IGM. And out of the over 100, only 20% were identified to be trafficked. That means that 80% were not trafficked. Mm. And this was in Pala and the surrounding fishing communities. And this is according to IGM's own data. And also in the, in the exercises conducted in Moina, and also in a chairman from involving Amlade. Let's talk health now. And members of parliament are committing to greater funding to aid the fight of tuberculosis in Ghana. Despite affecting millions worldwide, the funding in Ghana is paltry. Now, the Stop TB partnership revitalized the TB caucus in parliament to push the agenda. Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kweku Asante now reports. There is a major advocacy by the Stop TB Partnership to put tuberculosis and its adverse impact on citizens' health and the country on the national agenda. The organization is seeking to revitalize the TB caucus of parliament to push the agenda. At a meeting with the parliamentary group, it secured assurances of MPs to deepen the advocacy in the national interest. Dr. Ayue Friye is chairman of the Health Committee of Parliament. We expect next six months or in a year to have a lot of members on the platform. Our ability to be very active also depends upon you, Dave. We need to have to work together, set agenda, get statements on the floor, do debates. And then where money, money is, we can agree to set another agenda there. From our national budget to anywhere you have potassium and explicit uh, understanding of all of us to see to as to make this setting impactful in the lives of the, of the people. Tuberculosis remains a pressing global health concern affecting millions of people around the world. National Board Chairman of the Stop TB Partnership, David Kwesiafre, wants the funding gap addressed urgently. TB funding gap is so huge. And when Doc said that HIV is five times or... Four times, uh, it, it, you could maybe you would think that he has hundred million dollars and somebody has five hundred. He's actually having less than twenty billion dollars, and somebody is having one hundred and twenty million. And so, if HIV is TB uh, around uh, eighteen million dollars for a three-year program, and HIV is one hundred and twenty, and malaria is. You know, malaria is 120 and HIV is 90, almost $100 million. The TB gap is just so huge that we need all stakeholders to ensure that. I'm anticipating the day His Excellency himself, when we meet him, he will make an allocation, a commitment. So uh, we have direct presidential commitment. Director of Public Health at the Ghana Health Service, Dr. Franklin Siaduba Queen, wants Ghana to catch up with other countries in terms of funding. Is the need to have domestic funding. I mean, if you look at um, India, 
he came in as like a prototype country. They are funding for TV is about eighty percent. It's like the central government is funding eighty percent of their cost. If you compare to Ghana, largely our funding is by a global fund. If you want to address TB as a public health problem, then we need to be able to convince ourselves to invest into the treatment. In Ghana, the escalating number of TB cases poses a significant challenge to the country's healthcare system and its progress towards achieving the sustainable development goal target of ending TB epidemic by 2030. Reporting for Joy News, Kwekwa Santos. Lastly, on the health terrain and the construction of a health facility initiated by the assembly member for the KO electoral area in the Kumasi metropolis has been abandoned for almost five years. The clinic situated at the Krobodumase market has been left for occupation by squatters as the community yearns for increased access to health care. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. A former assembly member of KO Electoral Area, Alexander Safokese, initiated the construction of a clinic and police station in 2018. He self-financed the project in fulfillment of a promise to residents while he was campaigning to go to the assembly. The KM, acknowledging the importance of the project, prioritized the police station and reimbursed the assemblyman to take over the project. However, the one-story building serving as a clinic has been left to rot after the assembly member lost his seat. Second-hand clothes sellers now use part of the structure for trading. But the traders are anxious to see the completion of the health facility to support their health needs. <laughs> The risks involved in our operations is high. The hospital could have given us first aid. The abandoned clinic also serves as an apartment for some and other food vendors have turned the space as a boat to prepare their food. A corn miller also occupies part of the structure for business and at the back of the structure are scattered cooking utensils. The squatters say the rooms get flooded any time it rains. They fear the building would collapse with no intervention. This is where we sleep, but it gets flooded any time it rains. The building looks weak, and we fear for our lives. The clinic, when completed, would serve thousands of traders who ply their trade at the enclave, as well as the residents.
Some traders who spoke to Love News say completion of the facility will reduce the stress of access and health care at Menshia Government Hospital. Dr. Mensa Hospital Bienia. There's no hospital at Dr. Mensa. The assembly member was a man of vision for such projects. They have commissioned the police station, but the hospital is left out. The former assembly member is eager to see the facility completed. Though he has committed resources to the project, Alexander Safokese says the facility belongs to the people. He has appealed to the Member of Parliament for Mensha South, Dr. Matthew Pukuprempe, to help complete the facility. We finished the ground floor, so it was left with uh, the first floor. And uh, we flew the building, we plastered the ground floor, we did the, uh, what do you call it, terrazzo, and we did uh, all the windows. So basically, the ground floor was... It was done. It was finished. That they could have used it if they wanted to use it. But it was left with uh, the wards. That is uh, female and male wards. And in terms of uh, people delivering the baby or minor surgeries, they could have done it there. And it happens to be my own money, you know, <laughs> my own funding. And MPs funding, too. So. I urge the MP to come to my aid or to the people's aid. It's not mine. It belongs to the people. Okay? It belongs to the KO, the people of KO, and for that matter, Menshia South. Because everybody else can use it. And people come into Menshia too. But I'm sure the MP would take care of it. I mean, I have confidence in him. And I know he's a good man. I'm sure he will come to the aid of the people. I'm very sure. I'm very sure MP will do it. For Joy News, Nana Boatidankoyadum, Kumase. Still on health, the Minister of Education has begun the retooling of sick bays at various second cycle institutions to improve healthcare delivery for healthy study environment. The project is to equip the clinics at the various second cycle institutions to ensure that they cater for the healthcare needs of the students. Now, the Education Ministry is doing this in partnership with SAF, a construction company, to provide medical equipment to augment the ones at the various sick bays. Five schools are the beneficiaries of the pilot phase of this initiative. There is more in this report. Ghana's Education Ministry has begun sick base at senior high schools with the aim of improving the health care delivery on various campuses. As a result, the ministry has presented medical items including BP monitors, infrared thermometers, nebulizer, and rapid diagnostic test kits, among others worth 200,000 Ghana CDs to five schools. At a short ceremony to present the medical equipment to the piloted schools at Accra Academy, 
Education Minister Dr. Yao Osei Educhim called for support to enhance the health of students. So when we got the opportunity, uh, we selected them to be part of the list of beneficiaries. But this is just phase one. Uh, we're also appealing to companies and organizations to support uh, the health of students. So this is the beginning of uh, the work that we intend to do with the Ghana Health Service Ministry of Health uh, to make sure that we strengthen school-based health uh, clinics and health centers so that the students will get the necessary uh, support that they need. Meanwhile, business manager for staff, Tome Nochwe, explained that the goal of ensuring that students have access to improved sick base is what drove the company to join the partnership. We went and visited these uh, uh, sick base, these schools, and we interviewed the medical team, and we understood the needs. And that's where we generated the list and went and, and bought it through the procurement process and decided to donate it. But this is only uh, a drop in the sea. Uh, this is to ignite a process with additional donors and for the Ministry of Education to bring in more, more medical equipment for students within uh, Ghana. Projects lead at the Development Office of the Ministry of Education, Suzanne Kufo, added that after a successful pilot, the projects will be replicated at all the senior high schools to transform the health needs of the schools. The health needs of the students while they are in in our care is very important and crucial and we need to ensure that the facility that is responsible for um for giving that kind of support and assistance is well equipped and um, it's against this background that we started this initiative. It is recommended that government revives the need for health promotion and delivery at various senior high schools. Maybe this is the beginning of the needed revival of the sick base on campuses for joint use Karen Obing's report read to you. Now, the Tema Regional Fire Service has begun investigations into circumstances leading to a fire outbreak at a fuel tanker yard near the Tema tank farm. Three fuel tankers were burnt together with a salon car. Now, a timely intervention by the Tema fire uh, prevented an explosion. Joy News' Elvis Washington has more in this report. The three tankers with registration numbers unknown were all partially burnt. It took the fire service well over three hours to completely douse the fire. Two out of the three tankers were empty, while the third had a full load of petrol. But the consignment was safeguarded by the fire service. According to the Public Relations Officer for Tema Regional Fire Command, Divisional Officer Grade 3, DO3 Ebenezer Yenzu, Noted that the command is yet to ascertain the exact cause of fire. Um, investigations currently is ongoing. Um, you can see the officers are going around to try and ascertain what could be the possible cause of the fire. Um, in the rightful time, when we are able to ascertain what brought about this fire, we will be able to communicate to the general public what really um, transpired. Um, we have three tankers that were involved in the fire. All are partially burnt, I must say, because the content in the um, other one, the one which is having the product is um, salvaged and um, it's, it's a 54,000 litre um, vehicle but we've been able to salvage the contents of the vehicle but um, by around 3 o'clock that is where, around 3.35 that is where we received the call and quickly around um, 3.47 our men were responded from um, the Thermo Industrial Area Fire Station and they requested for assistance from 
the other stations that are nearby. DO3 Ebenezer Yenzu took the opportunity to commend his men for acting swiftly and also advised the general public on the need to get extinguishers at their homes and workplaces at all times. So when you look at this particular incident that has occurred, um, the fire service, the men, officers and men that re uh, responded to this exercise have really done well. Um, they've done a yeoman's job and they should be applauded for the efforts that they kept in to um, avert a possible explosion. And um, as an advice also to the general public, we advise them that they should always get some of these basic um, firefighting equipment in their homes, in their offices, in their workplaces, so that should the fire occur, they'll be able to use it to alleviate their, um, their plight. Um, we also would want to say that you should get training on even how to use it, not necessarily getting it only, but um, knowing how to use the extinguisher and it might come in handy when um, the time comes for you to use it. For Joy News, my name is Elvis Washington reporting from Tema. In our next story, a former Vice-Chancellor of the University of Ghana, Professor Ernest Aite, is calling for transparency and proper regulation of lithium production in the country to derive the maximal benefits for the country. According to him, transparency in the production of the mineral will minimize corruption and boost technology and innovation. Speaking at the National Stakeholder Dialogue on Energy Transition, focus on lithium discovery in Ghana, Professor Aite urged the current and future governments to use the lithium deposits in the country to change the structure of the economy. There is more in this report. Ghana is blessed with abundant lithium deposits across the country, including the Infantman district of the central region. The mineral is used in rechargeable batteries for mobile phones, laptops, digital cameras, and electric vehicles. Speaking at the Institute for Energy Securities Organized Workshop, the former Vice Chancellor of the University of Ghana, Professor Aite, said the country must do everything possible to ensure that governance and regulatory structures are put in place to derive enormous benefits from the mineral. How do we ensure that uh, this fine is going to change the fortunes of those young men and women who work around the magazine market? Mm. How, how do we ensure that? It's, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy at all, but it is possible. Once we put our minds to it, and think in a manner that is creative and think about all the different stakeholders that we need to bring together, we can do it. We can make sure that the lithium benefits not only the government of Ghana or the companies that are going to be investing, but also the chiefs and people of the whole area and by extension to all Ghanaians. Speaking on preventing corruption in energy transition minerals supply chain, Dr. Alex Ampabing, senior economic analyst, expressed concerns about the country's fiscal regime with respect to mining. He called for the limitation of opportunity for corruption. We've been mining in Ghana for maybe about 100 years. How up to date are our fiscal regimes? The current mining regulations, would they be fit for purpose considering? Uh, the role lithium is going to play in Ghana. 
The executive director of the Institute for Energy Security, Nana Amoisi VII, in an interview with Joy Business, advised the country to learn from the past experience of gold and other mineral productions. First, we should learn from our past mistakes. That's the beginning. Um, how did we miss uh, the opportunities in the domain of gold extraction? How did we miss opportunity in the oil and natural gas? Although we had all the regulation, and so if we could learn the lessons from there, we can transfer um, it to uh, the domain of lithium and ensure that we get our things right. The workshop brought together players in the oil and gas sector, including civil society organizations. You're still live on a Joy Newsroom with me, Benjamin Akapa. We'll be back with more after the break. Welcome to join his desk. My name is Aisha Vine. Let me tell you, there's not a small job at all. What can you report from the Fana community? We are still sounding the alarm for people who are hiding to know that help has come. The board is supposed to be meeting this morning to deliberate on this nominee. Yes, this problem has been recurring over time. The people have invested their, the fruits of their excellence and you want to throw it away because you think you can. No, it's not lawful for him to do it, period. What's the basis that these uh, financial assurances will be giving later today? If you follow what has transpired over the week, we got the information when the president addressed uh, the media celebration indicating that China is going to come on board. important. It's the only way you get to know the things that happen around you, what affects you today and the future. At Joy News, we have reporters scattered around the country who tell us about the communities they live in, the people and their stories. A key part of our job here at Joy News is to make clearer the muffled voices in every part of society. We shine light on the issues. My name is Aisha Ibrahim, and this is Joy News. Independent, credible, and fearless. Hmm. How do I acquire a litigation-free land or property in this country? Should I buy a house or go through the building process? If I should buy, what are the critical stages and pitfalls? If I should build, how do I get started? Registration of land, who can help me? Can I just draw my own plan and build? What are the steps in getting a building permit? Rising cost of building materials. Any any other options? These artisans care seems to be ripping me off my money. What, what, what can I do? For this and other building-related issues, join Emmanuel Owusu-Ansa on the Pyramid Show every Sunday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. on your favorite channel, Joy News Television.
still with us on uh, Joy Newsroom. My name is Benjamin Akapo. In our next story, Joy News journalist Erastus Asari Donko has been awarded the Environmental Sustainability Personality of the Year by the Department of Planning at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology. The honor is an appreciation of his consistent dedication and commitment to protecting Ghana's natural environment. Clinton Yabwa was there and has this report. Students and faculty members gathered to witness the celebration of Erastus Asaridonko at a symposium by the Department of Planning of the KNUST's College of Arts and Built Environment. Erastus's investigative report, Destruction for Gold, has been described as insightful in uncovering the environmental havoc of the prevailing illegal mining activities in the country. According to Professor Clifford Amwako, the head of Department of Planning, Erastus deserves to be applauded for his bravery. He commended the steadfastness of the journalist, despite victimization from perpetrators of environmental crime. Uh, the committee came out with the report that Mr. Asaradonko is far ahead in terms of uh, reporting on environmental issues and critical discussions and policy conversation in the country. Uh, we think that he has done so well sometimes tackling issues that are very uh, dangerous, uh, politically very volatile, but reporting bravely uh, with a lot of confidence and courage, and we think that he deserves to be applauded. When young people, as uh, Mr. Saradonko has done, join the fight and are strong and brave enough to sell the story, to come out boldly, to speak up and uh, engineer conversation around the topic, maybe, and just maybe, we are likely to have some of these uh, political power blocks. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. So power people who are behind this to begin to feel ashamed. Rastos expressed gratitude for the recognition and admonished corporate entities to join in the battle to fight the growing canker. It's really an honor and I do appreciate it. I will say thank you to the Department of Planning and all the student associations uh, who deemed it fit uh, to give me this award. I must say that um, our very existence, our resources that we should be planning and managing sustainably so that the nation can benefit, so that our children's children, the future generation, will witness and take advantage of is being plundered and destroyed permanently. In fact, it is our duty, it is all our responsibility, each one of us, including academia, to take charge and bring it to the fore and demand that we stop what is going on at the moment and preserve these resources. Recognition forms part of the department's symposium themed the role of professional planner in addressing Ghana's economic crisis. Reporting for Joy News, Clint
Congratulations once more to Erastus Asari Donko. Now, public relations offices have been advised to take advantage of the growing social media craze to enhance their work. Speaking to Joy News on the sidelines of this year's annual thought leadership discussion organized by the Global Media Alliance, Director of the Ministry of Information, Charlotte Morganesier, stressed that how the new media had the potential of controlling the narrative. ER is not a tool for manipulation and deception. It depends on how you use a tool. I think that this is potentially a powerful tool to be able to help us to speak our narrative to be able to get positive results. I think that it depends on how we use the new media. PR these days can go out and take the new media and use it for our positive results. So for me, I think that the new media rather is, an, is something that can impact and can help PR to make results and to make impact in society. Chief Director of the Global Media Alliance, Emma Wenane, touched on the need to do away with the perception that public relations practitioners were only known for solving crises in institutions rather than attending to other important engagements such as reputation management and brand awareness. PR is a lot of things. And maybe issues management, let me call it that, is part of PR. It's not the only thing. Because we, we, we relate with stakeholders, there's stakeholder engagement, there's reputation management, there's now issues management, there's a brand awareness, which is a lot of PR. But because um, negative news cells, I think a lot of PR people are only known when it comes to how are we able to solve a particular crisis. And when you, that's when you appreciate the work of PR. Let's head to the courts now. And Attorney General Godfrey Abuadami has accused Asin North Member of Parliament James Jachikwesen of deploying legal processes to delay his criminal trial. This comes in the wake of multiple applications filed by the legislator, including one at the Supreme Court asking that the case be put on hold. The AG on Friday urged the court to proceed with the case despite the pending applications. The court has fixed July the 18th to rule on this request. Deputy Attorney General Alfred Tuyayabwa told Pressman the state would not be deterred despite the obvious legal hurdles it would have to scale to enable the trial progress. We came to court this morning only to be told that the accused person to his counsel had filed application one at a court of appeal seeking to state proceedings and then two an application at the Supreme Court seeking to quash and prohibit the judge from hearing the matter. Now, per practice, if you such an application, it has no automatically proceeding. So we made a point that notwithstanding the fact that these applications have been filed, the judge will be right in proceeding to hear the case by asking that presentation be done on PW1. The judge, after listening to us, said, giving a ruling on that specific issue on Tuesday. For almost a month now, we have virtually not been able to make any progress on this work. And the AG makes the point that it appears there is some attempt to that's the point. There's an attempt to delay proceedings through the legal process, which will say fine. It's within their right to use the legal process to fight their cause. But that doesn't mean that when they, they, they file such applications, the court must wait for them for the applications to move at the appellate court or at the Supreme Court. So we are concerned about that. But we are ready. If I told you last week, we come to court to speak law. This morning, we are speaking law in court. Tuesday, we know what the judge will say, whether the judge will agree with us or disagree with us.
Now, former majority leader Cletus Avoca is leading a fierce opposition to efforts to repeal the death penalty. Under Ghanaian law, the offense of murder carries the death penalty, but since 1992, no convicted murderer has been killed. Cletus Avoca says the argument in support of the reform is porous. We will hear from him shortly. First, though, listen to a sponsor of the private member's bill seeking to amend the law, MP for Medina, Francis Xavier Sosu, on why this change is necessary. Mr. Speaker, the very last execution in Ghana happened on the 17th of July, 1993, where 12 men were killed by firing squad. Mr. Speaker, the current position of Ghana is that we are abolitionists de facto, or abolitionists in practice. Mr. Speaker, this is so because since 1993 to date, Ghana has not signed a death warrant to execute anyone. Mr. Speaker, in this engagement, we have had several consensus. For example, a political consensus. A political consensus because the then administration of the NDC began this process, and as soon as this bill was made in Parliament, the current government, led by His Excellency Anadu Dankwafufuado, also has openly endorsed the position of the bill. And this year, the President voted at the UN, uh, at the UN in favor of the resolution to end the use of death penalty. All the consensus that we have built over the years supports the fact that it is time for Ghana to amend the, um, its laws so that it can align with our practices. Well, his bill has received support from Parliament's Constitutional and Legal Affairs Committee, which has recommended the passage of the bill. Bernard Ahiafor is ranking member on that committee. Life loss can never be regained. And there is a judicial principle of it's better you leave 99% uh, guilty person free than to convict one innocent person. Assuming the death penalty is carried out, it means the person is going to be executed to death by either hanging or firing squad committee is recommending to the House to adopt its report and pass the death penalty bill into law. Death penalty should be replaced with life imprisonment. The responsibility now rests on Parliament to take the necessary actions to take the necessary actions. After extensive consultation, the committee is of the view that continuous retention of the death penalty in the criminal statute makes a mockery of justice. And the mere fact that for almost three decades, presidents of the Republic have found it unnecessary to sign execution warrants is an indication that Ghana does not need the law. They have advanced this evening in favor of the motion are very serious and have no merit. At all, the arguments in favor of the motion are unmeritorious. Very, very unmeritorious. Besides that, Mr. Speaker, it's a very lopsided argument that they have advanced this evening. 
they have not addressed the two sides of the coin. Mr. Speaker, this issue, the first point that they canvass is the, the, the point of uncertainty, judicial uncertainty. What is perfect on this earth? That we think that the judicial should have been perfect. What is perfect? 2 a.m., an intruder, an intruder comes into my house. He climbs a ladder. He goes to look for a ladder that comes into my house. Climbs up, breaks open my door and window, then kills me. Or if before then, he would have raped my wife, my partner lying with me. While my, my, I'm looking at it, he's raping my wife. Then I see that is not enough. He takes my life and he kills me. Then this man has human rights. He has a human right. I, I have no human right. You should come and take my life within 30 minutes. He has come 30 minutes to relax well. I have no right. And he has a right to live. What right? What right, Mr. Speaker? Let's talk national science and math quiz now. And six schools in the eastern region, including defending champions St. Peter's SHS, are slugging it out at the semi-final stage of the 2023 Goyle Regional Championship for three available slots at the finals. Now, in what came as a surprise to many, or for repeating SHS came from behind, to kick out Ibri Gull's SHS to progress to the next round of the competition. Emmanuel Baikweku reports from Kufuridia. are the students um, from Ofori Penyin Senior High School and they just boot out um, Ebri Girls. Ebri Girls was leading them by some um, points during the first and second round. They managed to overturn the contest during the third round and led them with some four points and then today they are living here as the qualifiers or they have qualified to the semi-final stage. How did you feel on stage? I know, um, I think there's first or second round, you got some four points and that was a bit down for you. How did you feel? Oh, quite easy because we know we have speed more than them. Yeah. You are saying it was quite easy. Hey, so oh, you have some, yeah. people, some of you weren't easy at all. You know that, but you know the first one, maybe it's, it's a lack, but the speed race can determine some things and also the true or false. So we Still, there was hope. I think the two of us did magic for you. Oh, that slightly. Slightly, <laughs> sure, because that's when that's when you were able to overcome um, every girls. Yeah, but not much. 2015, we had the quarterfinals, and anytime we meet every Presby secondary technical, either they kick us out or we kick them. For every girls, they were they, they were not part of my border. It was one of my dreams as in Opas. I was always for us to reach this stage and then by God's grace we are here we are hoping to go far in this competition so this is your dream is a dream come true for you one, yes one of my dream countries <laughs> one of sure, sure. first go back.
Pescoba. So these are the guys from St. Peter's um, SHS. Pop doors, they told me they will kill you, they will massacre you. Frankly speaking, they are not our size and they should be ready. We are going to decompose them. Oh, frankly speaking, they will not exist in the universe again. And the next time when we are calling for regionals, when they hear St. Peter's, in fact, they won't want to come again. They won't want to come again at all. We are going to give them over a 40 point gap. And is, it, is it happening tomorrow or just what, 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 when is this 40 gap happening? When it's coming, you know. Uh, it will come tomorrow, tomorrow live, and 40 point gap, and they will end up being negative zone. Speed race, do not even pick one. Eh? Eh? you, We show working. And that is what we mean by Enyekasa. Well, we do have an update from the Eastern Region. Emmanuel Bright Quaker is still on the ground. Emmanuel, what's the latest from the Eastern Region? Emmanuel, please unmute so we can hear what you're saying. Hello, Benjamin. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Please go ahead. All right. So, Benjamin, we just ended um, the semi-final contest, the second contest for the semi-finals. And we saw St. Peter's joining um, in the finals. And they will clash with Cook Jones. As you can see behind me, they are ready for action. And then also we have a second or a third school joining to the semi-finals. That is um, in Kwaka State College. They managed um, in the first contest, um, for Jones beat them, but they managed to advance by just a slim margin. They qualified with one point ahead of the other top um, runners-up. Um, I'm talking about Nifa SHS. Nifa had 19 and they had 20. So they have advanced to the semi-finals. So it's going to be a contest between Pope John's and St. James and St. Peter's and also in Papa State College. But I want to find out from and the boys in the yellow shirt behind me. And then we want to know, we know it's a rival between the Pope John and then St. Peter's. We want to find out what we should expect. What, what should we expect from you guys? We are winning. We are winning the contest. We are winning. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah. We are winning. Yes. yes. <laughs> So, so what happened to them yesterday? They told me you people, you know, if it gets the speed, none of the person. That's what they told you. Okay, so you was this year, what will happen to them? You are coming for them. You win. You win. And that will be a history for you because I think you've not won it. Yes. No, we won't. And St. Peter's is hoping to also play their trophy. Um, they have four trophy. They are the defending champions as we speak of. So, Benjamin, this is the latest from the Eastern Thank you, Emmanuel Bright-Kreku, bringing us the scoop there as Pope John Lockhorns with St. Peter's and the Abuakwa State uh, College. Thank you for your company on a Joy Newsroom with me, Benjamin Akapo. We wish you the best of the afternoon. Stay blessed. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. 
la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.